everyone. I'm Tiffany Xingyu. I'm the GM and the co-founder of Oasis Consortium, a nonprofit organization that builds standards for brand and user safety. Welcome to Brand Safety Exchange, a podcast where I interview the veterans and practitioners who care about this topic. And today, I'm so glad to have my friend and a veteran practitioner, Roger German, who is the executive creative director of Pandora and who co-founded Studio Resonate, which brought over half billion revenue to Pandora. So welcome, Roger. Thank you. Happy to be here. So what is Studio Resonate? So we are a uh, audio-first creative consultancy. So we sit at the intersection of audio and data creativity and science. So what we do really is we try and bring brands to life through audio. I think we're in a really interesting time right now where audio means a lot more than it did a few years ago with a rise in voice technology and audio assistance and the amount of people listening to streaming music and podcasts growing so much um, day by day that we're, I think we're in this, what I like to call the audio renaissance, where we're moving moving to a world now where we're increasingly engaging with voice and and audio um, on a daily basis. And I I truly believe it's becoming the main form of human interactivity for society. So I think that it's a really interesting time for for brands to figure out how to play in this space because traditionally audio used to mean just radio and now it means so many more things. Absolutely. We kind of hit it off right away because our shared passion for audio first experience. And you mentioned that audio is actually the most intimate medium. Tell us a little bit about your views, why audio is so powerful. There's a few reasons for that. If we, if we go back into evolutionary history, if we think about human beings and, and our biology, the part of our brain that actually develops first while we're in, in utero, while we're still in our mother's tummies, is actually the part of the brain that processes sound. Sound and hearing is one of the first senses that we develop. It's one of the first things in your brain that develops. And as you know, it's the first way we communicate as humans, as babies. So it's a huge part of our identity as a, as a human being. And, you know, if we look at back at uh, evolutionary history, if you look back at early cultures and civilizations, we figured out culture through sound first. Uh, we created music through drums. We, we chanted and, and created stories that we passed down through oral tradition. So while our cultures um, have evolved a lot and we use a lot more different kind of mediums now, at the core of who we are as human beings is sound. And, it, and because of that, it, you know, it causes all kinds of things that happen to us biologically. There's hormones that get released when we hear certain sounds. When someone whispers into your ear, it can you know, make your, the hair on the back of your neck stand up. There's all kinds of like biological immediate reactions that can happen to sound that doesn't happen through other senses. Um, a lot of this is actually to do with our brain processing. Our brain actually processes sound faster than any other sense. So as a result, I think that you know, we have these kind of emotional reactions and, and deep-seated human connection to sound that's so different from other mediums that it's a space where these days through the power of a podcast or the power of a stream or the, through the power of social audio, you know, you can connect with someone so directly you can whisper into their ear. Like I have a microphone in front of me right now and I can, I could whisper sweet nothings into someone's ear halfway across the world. Um, I, I believe that this really makes it the most intimate medium and particularly for brands I I believe it's the most intimate media space that you could play in right now. 
Absolutely. Because audio is so powerful, obviously all brands, all advertisers have to think about how to leverage audio. It's a long-standing but also very new uh, medium uh, for all the brands and advertisers. So that really brings us to, uh, of course, you know, what we want to talk about the brand and user safety. So, so what I want to do is to jump right into uh, the segment, what we call the Oasis Refresher segment, which applies to all episodes with our guests. Um, it is a segment of three questions. And uh, are you ready for that? I'm ready. Ready when you are. Awesome. So why do you think brand safety is such an important topic, especially from your vantage point? Brand safety, I think, is key to the future of basically every platform that exists digitally at the moment. We're going through a reckoning right now where you know, the few largest tech platforms in the world are being under increasing scrutiny about their ability to moderate user-generated content. We are now in a world where instead of the wider population consuming, you know, the same media through the same kind of channels, we're having this kind of world of decentralized media where people are consuming media in, in their own little bubbles at their own demand, making it a very, very complicated arena for brands to be able to play in. It used to be that brand safety was as simple as, uh, you know, what show was running when you bought your advertising space. And, you know, that would be broken down even more simply to like, what time of day was your ad running on what cable network channel and, you know, which host was the host of that show and whether they were going to say a bad word or not on that show. And and that would basically, it was as simple as that. You know, if you had an, a brand that was edgy, it would be okay to be on a late night show and have a host say uh, a swear word. But if you had a family friendly brand, you go, okay, we're not going to do the late night segment. We're going to go for the more family friendly four to 5 PM segment where we know that there won't be any bad words being said. And, and brand safety used to be as simple as that. Now, it's so much more if we think about the fact that, you know, within a household, you have uh, multiple people consuming different types of media, uh, both interactive and non-interactive on different devices all at the same time. And as brands, you want to communicate to all of these different members of a family on their various platforms, whether they're listening, you know, to music on their headphones or listening to a podcast or watching a, a show on YouTube or playing a game and, and listening to, to people talk. These are all spaces that are really attractive, I think, for brands to be able to play in. They're also minefields because a lot of these are not controlled. And a lot of these uh, are spaces where a brand could show up next to a message that is really inappropriate for them to be in. And, and I think it's our technology and media and advertising has moved out of sync with the ability to control it, with the ability to create safe environments. And it's time that I think not just brands and advertisers, but platforms and publishers and industry standards really need to look into how to do this in a way that benefits both the brands and advertisers, but also the, the users and, and listeners in a way that is a happy medium for everybody. Because right now, it's, I think there's a lot of disparity in, in, in both directions. Absolutely. That's really music to Mozart right there. And we have to circulate back. So you really allude to the distinction between brand safety and brand suitability and, you know, really between published content, you know, with more control versus the UGC content, which will be the future, you know, for, for all platforms. So, so let's come back to that later. Um, the second question, why are you personally invested in this topic? 
for multiple reasons. But firstly, like I'm a technology nerd. Um, I love new things. I love playing with technology. But at the same time, I'm, I'm an advertiser. And we're always in this kind of interesting juggle where brands want to be seen as innovators and brands want to be playing in, in new areas and trying to catch the attention of groups and, and communities and people out there that are there in spaces that might not be traditional spaces that brands advertise in. And it's a, it's a tricky balance between trying to figure out where brands could go to be seen as um, innovative and and exciting, but also how can you do that in a way that's not going to cause a massive PR controversy for the brand? My nightmare has always been as an advertiser coming up with this amazing advertising campaign only to have it backfire because of some piece of UGC content that could get picked up and, and, and throw the whole thing upside down. But personally, I haven't quite seen uh, something that could completely destroy a brand, but I've seen some really close calls, especially you know in, in this day and age where it's really common for, for brands to run competitions that involve UGC content. And in spaces now where we have programmatic advertising, where brands can create ads that might show up in places that they absolutely weren't even aware of and be placed next to pieces of content that aren't appropriate for them. But then on the other hand, also as a father, you know, I have kids and I'm a, a fairly digital positive parent. My kids have their own personal internet devices that they use. I've got all the parental controls on them. But I also don't trust the parental controls because I've seen how my kids can figure out how to get around them. And I've seen content that doesn't get filtered out correctly. So, you know, as a parent, that, that's also something that, that concerns me because I can't watch them all the time when, when they're interacting with digital devices. And I also don't want to take it away from them because I think it's the platform for them, for their generation, for the future. And, and that's how they need to interface with the world. So I've got this balance between this being a tech nerd, an advertiser, and a dad. And this is why I feel quite passionate about brand safety and brand suitability. Oh, wow. I, I really love it. And just a quick plug-in for folks who don't know, who haven't checked Roger's background. He created some amazing award-winning ad campaigns for major brands like Audi, Diageo, et cetera. So I just appreciate so much you know, for an advertiser and a creator like yourself to say, hey, you know, I want to create such amazing ad campaign, but deep down, I do not want the potential UGC down the road that I don't have control on kind of affect all the initial work that I put into it to, to do the right thing from the very beginning. It's really like a very strong principle you put out there. And that's what I usually call the safety by design, how you think about that at the very beginning and working with the platforms. That kind of leads to the, the third question here. So obviously you are uh, an advisor for Oasis Consortium, which is set to build the standards for brand and user safety. Tell us why do you think having this guardrails is so important for the industry right now? We're at this kind of inflection point, and I'm, I'm going to speak specifically to my area of expertise within, within audio. The audio space right now is kind of the Wild West. It's got everything from really closed, controlled environments like Amazon's Alexa with, with voice devices through to more open UGC content related spaces like SoundCloud, where anyone can create whatever they want and un upload it 
to a platform that may have advertising run against it as well. You've also got the environment of streaming music like Pandora, which is a very pristine advertising um, environment where, you know, it's just music, where it's a pretty low risk for advertisers because it's, you know, only looking at the difference between having music played that either has explicit lyrics or non-explicit lyrics. But then you have now the world of podcasts where this is an interesting one because podcasts can vary not just from show to show, but episode to episode. So you could have programmatic advertising that gets inserted ads into podcasts automatically, right? So based on, I don't know if everyone actually knows this, but when you listen to a podcast, depending on what platform you downloaded it from, where in the world you're listening to it, when you downloaded it, the actual advertising that runs in that specific podcast is different. It gets inserted in appropriate to a whole bunch of different data signals um, that the advertiser might want to use. Now, this all happens on the fly, and the difficulty there is the content within the individual podcast isn't quite clear. We're not quite live. Like, you know, there's certain categories that can be targeted based on um, what kind of show it is, what kind of genre it is. The efforts being made right now where every single episode is automatically transcribed. Uh, and then keywords are picked up within the transcriptions to try and f- recategorize each episode. So, for example, if you had a show that's an interview show, because so many podcasts are interview shows, having one episode talking to a sports person uh, might be cat- subcategorized as a sports talk. But then the following episode with the same host might actually be categorized as political. It might even be far extreme political. And that's something that's really hard as an advertiser. They might want to buy space on that show because it's popular, but they might not be wanting to run an ad next to a an extreme political figure. And there's no industry standards, right? Basically, you can get podcasts from so many different platforms and publishers, and everyone's trying to figure out the advertising side of things differently. For podcasts to thrive, and, and, I, and I believe they, they will continue to thrive, but for them to be spaces that are appropriate for, for brands to play in, we need to come up with industry standards that across the board are going to be safe. We want to have brands be able to take advantage of the scale of podcasts. But at the same time, you know, we want podcast creators to be able to run their shows. They need advertising dollars to be able to continue to produce the content that they do. So I think it's really important to create these guardrails, um, not just at the individual app and platform level, but industry-wide so we can take this uh, you know, audio medium and, and continue to have it to thrive um, and be safe for both the listener and the advertiser. There is so much to unpack there. I think there are two things that jump out where you just said you know one is we talk about brand safety very often um but there is the other side of the coins you mentioned is the what the platforms do so that's really the user safety part there is a lot of investment and talk around brand safety and my belief is not until you really focus on the user safety and encourage the platforms to do the right thing and and raise the sea level by reducing the online toxicity that we actually as a whole industry can actually sleep tighter um, as advertisers and the brands. Another thing kind of you mentioned is, is so true that there is um, this whole evolution, you know, from brand safety to brand suitability, right? And you mentioned in the very beginning of the podcast as well. And I kind of really want to wrap up this uh, podcast talking a little bit about kind of your distinction between the two uh, definitions, uh, you know, through your experiences so far. They're related, but very different. And and it really comes down to the ability now. You know, we're talking brand suitability now because the context has changed. As I mentioned before, brand safety just used to mean where your advertising was going to run. 
was going to be appropriate for your brand. Simple as that. Brand suitability takes that one step further when you start thinking about what kind of audience you're going out to and being more granular and targeted with what kind of content you're going to be next to, not just in terms of the the medium and the, the show that you might be on, but like what other advertiser is going to be advertising with you. Do you want to have a political ad? I keep saying political because that's of the moment and topical, um, but a political ad that runs just before your ad, is, is that appropriate? Do you want to be on a show that might have a controversy around um, diversity and inclusion and have your brand seemingly be sponsoring that content. Brand suitability comes down to controls. It's not just about blanket deciding that, hey, this platform or this show is brand safe. What's brand safe to one brand might not be brand safe to another. There are brands that have different levels of tolerance for what they deem as uh, being suitable for their brand. We're in the day and age where advertising can be targeted. You know, If I want to run an ad that targets every single mother under the age of 40 that's driving their kids to school at 90, oh, they're probably not driving their kids to school at the moment but if they were I know I could target ads specifically to that people as an advertiser I want to have the same controls to be able to also shield myself from being played within context of content that's not suitable for my brand so brand suitability is the ability to give those levers and switches and controls to brands to be able to show up in a space that's appropriate to them to, to your point um, context matters right like the same piece of it context. is yeah the context, the context matters and the context is becoming more and more nuanced. And again, this complicates further with UGC content because when you have published content, it's, it's considerably more controlled and you can try to uh, start applying meta tags and flags to it. But once you get into the realm of like social audio and, and things like that, it becomes very, very complicated where you don't know exactly what, what's going to happen. And how do you then use technology to, to your advantage to try and create controlled environments in that, which is, that's exciting. It's an exciting space to, to try and tackle. Yeah, keywords versus uh, contextual artificial intelligence, as well as today, you know, transcription-based voice moderation versus direct from voice to moderation using spectral analysis. So all this is so new. You know, we just started the whole uh, conversation saying how audio-first economy is coming now, not mentioning the moderation of the voice. And we are really in a super, super exciting space. So thank you so much uh, for sharing your experience with our audiences. Not at all. I really enjoyed this. This is, a, this is something I love to talk about. Yeah, we will do more. Thank you so much, Roger. Thanks so much. Thanks for your time. <laughs>